Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 48, The Benefits of Letting Go. Hello. Welcome back to the Awareness Offerings podcast, and I extend that welcome to myself as well because I was on a little two-week hiatus modeling taking breaks as a way of, you know, creating disruption, which is needed in this this world. I was processing um, more of our societal um, calamities, and I had uh, some things going on in my life. I was taking a trip, so I took a couple weeks off, and now I am back, and we are back with our um, regular full-length episodes, so I'm really happy to be here with you. As always, if you'd like to support what's going on here on the podcast, best ways to do so are by rating, subscribing, and or leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen. And if you feel called to share by word of mouth or by social, all of the things I just listed help other people find the podcast. So I very much appreciate that and very much appreciate that you are here. So we will get here together. We'll go into our opening practice of singing the sound of OM one time. Om is said to be the sound of the universe. It is the sound, the vibration that means consciousness. And so it can help to kind of turn the, the dial on the radio station of our, of our focus from the kind of the, the relative smallness of the thoughts to the more expanded consciousness of something that's bigger than us, whether it's, you know, the universe or, you know, whatever connects us to consciousness. So that's kind of what we're doing when we're singing OM. And you can sing this along with me or just listen as a way of practicing. You might get your body into any kind of comfortable position. You might choose to close your eyes or just soften your gaze by looking down the tip of your nose or looking toward the floor, just focusing on the internal a little more than the external for this practice. And then you might take a breath in through your nose if nostril breath is available to you today. Then exhale through the nose, just making some space. And then we'll inhale for one, sound of om. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now for this week's discussion. And I'll just, you know, I'll start off by acknowledging that, you know, here as I record this episode uh, in the middle of July 2022, we are sitting in a world where access to reproductive health care has become a luxury and that our our government and systems have reaffirmed that women, transgender folks, non-binary folks, um, in its eyes are, are 
second-class citizens and that's really painful so I want to you know acknowledge that add some awareness around that I'm not going to um, be specifically you know analyzing that today it's it's going to continue to be present I'm sure but I have something else um, coming up that I want to talk about and it's it's all connected right the the inner work that we do to be more whole and resourced internally I believe gives us the resources to um, try to affect change externally. So it's all connected, but I, I just want to explicitly acknowledge that and say that I hope you are, you know, taking care as best you can. And if you're not, that makes sense too. So this week's discussion is about letting go. And I'm recording this the day after the full moon. This is Thursday, July 14th when I'm recording this. Yesterday, July 13th, uh, Wednesday was the full moon for this month. And it was a super moon, um, meaning that the moon was particularly close to the earth. And it was actually the biggest super moon of the year. It was kind of supercharged. And I felt that (laughs) the night before the full moon um, on Tuesday evening, going into the day of the full moon, I did not sleep. I was up until, you know, 3am doing various things. Um, I felt a lot of creative energy moving. I was writing a lot. I was you know, hanging out with my roommate, there was a lot going on. Um, so if you haven't been sleeping a lot this week, that makes sense because the, the really powerful energetic, um, charge of the full moon, uh, can kind of, um, wire us up (laughs) a little bit. So it was the full moon and traditionally, um, according to, um, from my understanding, indigenous tradition, although I am not indigenous and so um, I, I could be misunderstanding or misrepresenting, but from what I understand um, in the indigenous tradition, um, or I say the indigenous tradition, like there's one, um, but in in some indigenous tradition, to my understanding, um, it's it's... Um, traditional for full moons to be a time of release, which makes sense. It's the end of the moon cycle. So they are release. Um, whereas the new moon, start of the moon cycle is for um, creation, for intention setting, uh, for the beginning of a new cycle. Um, so yesterday, the full moon was about release. And actually, it poured down rain <laughs> where I am. Um, so there was a lot of that like cleansing energy really present. And it's been present in my awareness um, for the last several days, just this idea of release, even before the full moon, but even leading up to the full moon, um, I've been working with this idea of release and letting go. And that's what we're, that's what we're talking about today here, the day after the full moon. And that, that opportunity that, um, kind of supported by the stars and planets, that opportunity for release is still present here in the time around the full moon. Um, So here we are, we're going to talk some about it. Because I have been moving through in my own life, um, just some, some feelings, (laughs) some, um, just just some awareness, uh, some things are coming up for me around, you know, past relationships. And there's been some, some feelings around it. There's been some pain around it. And I've gotten a little stuck um, in some of it. I, it's it's kind of caught me. It's kind of hooked me a little bit. And I've been, it's been taking up a lot of space in my mind and my heart. Um, and it's felt really difficult at times. And my mind has gotten a little dramatic about it, <laughs> which my mind tends to do um, that, you know, it's always going to to feel like this as I think about these things I'm moving through and the the relatively difficult feelings I'm experiencing um, 
getting stuck looks like my mind saying, you know, this is, this is never going to end. I'm always going to be experiencing these feelings as intensely and painfully and constantly as I am right now. And so as I've been having those experiences, uh, thankfully the, the guidance of something bigger than me, um, is available. And I want to affirm that for all of us, if we, if we are, um, kind of willing and able and, and have the resources, because I know that's not always possible, but if we're willing and able and have the resources to listen, the guidance of something bigger than us, whatever we connect to when we seek connection, because uh, it's different and, and can be and should be for everyone, but that, that guidance is always available. So it's been available to me, and as I've been getting a little bit stuck, um, I still even in that difficulty hear or receive that guidance and it's been saying you know you really you have to try to let this move through you even though it feels like it's just these feelings these these things that are really getting you right now um this difficulty even though it feels like it's just sitting just squatting on your heart and in your energy field it's not going anywhere and it's just like this constant in this constant presence that you have to look at and and think about and engage with every single day, even though it feels like that, you still have to try to let it move through you because, you know, in my understanding of, of the nature of things based on my almost decade of, of spiritual study with some incredible teachers and practices, um, the true nature of reality is transformation things are always, you know, energy is always moving and transforming. We just this week got some incredible images, um, from, from the James Webb, uh, space telescope, which, um, I've heard some folks have some conversation about the name of that telescope and why, um, it should, uh, be named after, uh, Harriet Tubman instead. Um, so it might be worth looking into that a little bit about the name of the James Webb telescope and why, um, it might be better suited to someone else. So I just want to acknowledge that though. I'm not an expert. Um, so that's, that's something, <laughs> but we just got these new images, um, from the James Webb space telescope, um, seeing the, the, the universe, um, as deeply and clearly as we ever have um, these awe-inspiring images and you know the universe it's always changing it's always expanding and that's my point Um, I (laughs) I'm aware that I threw in a little sidebar about the name of the telescope um, and it's not incredibly well researched (laughs) because I heard it on a podcast called love it or leave it Uh, there was a guest talking about the name of the telescope and I don't have the name of that person or that episode on hand for you. Um, So I'm being a bad podcast host. But all of that is to say, we even saw in the universe how expansive it is. So the nature of reality is is, is that of constant transformation. And so the idea of anything being stuck or being permanent is actually false. It's, it's an illusion. Um, so understanding that I've been in this place of feeling like I'm getting stuck in these difficult feelings and this, this experience I'm having of, of dealing with some emotions around, you know, different pieces of my life and stuff. Um, and yet I've had this awareness that I still have to try and let it move through me. And so I've been, I've been trying, I've been watching it. I've been, um, working with it, witnessing it, um, breathing through it, all of the tools that I have (laughs) with it as best I can. Um, and in that I've had a lot of different insights. 
around um, just my my position as someone who's a human feeling feelings. Um, and one of those insights, one of the more powerful insights that came to me a couple days ago was about letting go. Because as I have engaged with the difficult feelings I've been experiencing, um, I'm aware that there is a part of me, although it's really uncomfortable and painful and difficult to be having these experiences, there's still a part of me that doesn't want to let them go because they represent some part of me, my life, my past, whatever it might be that I am still attached to that still feels safe or, or enticing or, you know, seductive or comfortable for me to hold on to. So I have had to really look at that and sit with that and acknowledge that there's a part of me that doesn't want to let go. And partly because it's, it feels really difficult. It feels, um, like letting go of, of control, which is another illusion because if things are in constant transformation, we can't control them. Um, so it, it feels like letting go of control. It feels like letting go of parts of who we are and who we've been. So letting go is incredibly difficult. Um, and it, it really feels that way. And so I've acknowledged that, you know, it's not easy to let go. And there's a part of me that doesn't want to. But in that, I had this insight that I only stand to benefit from letting go of the things that keep me stuck. I only stand to benefit. There's really no downside, even though my mind really wants to create one um, around the fact that there will be discomfort and there will be grief and there will be change, which it's easy for the mind to want to frame those as negative things, but they are just what they are. So there's really no downside. I only stand to benefit from letting go of the things that keep me stuck. And when I let them go, they will, I create the space, right? Letting go of something means it's no longer being housed where it once was. And so there, there is space where there once was not. So letting go creates space. And so if I were to let go of the things that keep me stuck, I make space for them to return to me in different forms, right? Or and or doesn't have to be an either or thing. So so I make space for them to return to me in different forms and or their absence becomes less painful. Right? I'm speaking specifically about, you know, things from the past and it can apply to a lot of different things, but if we're talking about, you know, difficult feelings around things that have happened in the past, when we let them go, we make space for them to return in whatever form they're meant to and we don't really get to know uh, what form they're going to return in. It's that, that letting go of control thing and allowing things to transform as they do. Um, but we make space for them to return. And at the same time, we create the possibility that they're, the absence of things from the past that we're feeling stuck on is less painful, right? Because when we're thinking about the past and if we're, if we're either longing for it or grieving it, it feels painful. And so the natural reaction is to say, what will, what will help this pain is if I have back what I once had or something like that. But we can't control that, right? And so 
really the only way to, to ease that pain is to let it go, is to let go of the attachment, of the grabbing onto, of, of the being stuck on it. Because if we release it in a, in a full and really authentic way, the things that keep us stuck, the absence that we're grieving, the, the, the past version of something or of ourselves that we're grieving, it becomes less painful because we actually let it go. We let go of the attachment. We let go of the, the illusion of, of the seductiveness of the past. So that's something that has been coming up, right, in the process of things um, that I've been really sitting with being stuck on, on some pain that, that stems from the past, but the the guidance of something bigger than I am that is that is always available if I listen for it. Um, and even sometimes when I don't listen for it, it still barges its way in. <laughs> anyway, um, has, has made it clear to me that I really only stand to benefit from letting go. It feels so difficult and it feels so uncomfortable, but it actually only helps me because it makes the space for what is really for me to come. And it makes the absence of the things that I might be grieving less painful because it's authentic release. So engaging with the benefits of letting go. And I speak about this on a personal level because that's a lot of how this podcast has taken shape. Just me sort of sitting with what is moving through my life and the lessons that I'm learning and sharing them in case anyone else is moving through something similar, which uh, given the fact that we are all interconnected, it's likely someone is. Um, But if I think about this on a broader level, we're being asked to let go (laughs) every single day right now. I mean, it started in a very acute way with the pandemic, but it was happening long before that as well. But now it's become you know, so apparent with the way the world is that we are being asked to let go and let go and let go. And it's really painful, right? Um, we're being asked to release the way, for some of us, um, the way we thought our lives were going to look at least over the last two years. Um, but maybe beyond that, we're being asked to, you know, let go of, <laughs> control in so many ways. And and I want to be really clear that there's a difference between letting go of control and letting go of our empowerment and our agency. And we should very much not be letting go of our empowerment and our agency, but we're being asked to let go of, of the idea of control broadly because things are in chaos and we're being asked to just sit in that and be in that um, and find ways to live and love and help each other anyway. So I just acknowledge that, you know, we are in a time where we're being asked to surrender over and over. I mean, people's lives are changing left and right. Uh, Communities are transforming. People are having to let go of of physical spaces where they they, um, have community and businesses uh, because of the effects of of the pandemic and um, more, right? I could go on and on. But we are being asked not only on the whatever individual level that we are experiencing, but on a broad level to just release every single day. And it's kind of wild to think about it in the terms of 
we only stand to benefit from letting go. When we look at it on a broader societal level where, you know, letting go is super painful. <laughs> but if we, if we take the courageous stance of, I only stand to benefit from letting go, we make that space within ourselves. And then maybe it is more doable to allow everything that's happening to just move through us because we're not constantly grabbing everything, holding it, housing it in our bodies, in our hearts, and and holding on to the illusion that it's getting stuck within us if we just allow it to move through us. We will probably have a little more, you know, fluidity and grace and and resource and and whatever else we might need to move through this world and allow the events of this world to move through us. And I know that it's, it's really, it's a broad kind of, um, esoteric thing to just sit here and talk about, well, just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Um, when we talk about the events of the world, um, and the question might be like, okay, what does that actually mean? What does it actually look like to just let go instead of holding on. And first of all, I want to say great question <laughs> because I am figuring it out in real time myself as I sit with my own personal pathway of needing to release some things from the past. Um, and it's, it's come up in different forms right now. Um, it's coming in the form of radical acceptance of where I am of not shaming or blaming or victimizing myself for feeling the feelings that I do about the events of my past and the things that are making me feel stuck, just radically accepting and allowing myself to be there because the, the shame or the victimization around it only creates more stuff to then have to sift through and let go. So I'm trying to cut that piece um, in order to start to make that space, but I'm still actively figuring out what it means to let go. But I do think if we're trying to think about it in broad terms and in, you know, living in the wild and painful world that we live in right now, what does it mean to let go? I really do believe that it can start on an individual basis, that if we're thinking about allowing the, the painful and oftentimes distressing events of the world to just move through us rather than grabbing them and storing them in ourselves, that we can start with the blueprint of our personal stuff. Whatever might be coming up in your life, if you are also in a position where you're feeling grief or you're feeling stuck or you're really constantly thinking about something that is, that is difficult for you and you know you want to let it go, starting to look at it and accept it and work with whatever your process of truly letting it go might be, I do believe that can give you and give us the blueprint for then letting go of the bigger stuff and allowing things to just continue to change and continue to move through us. So I'm working with this wild idea of we only stand to benefit from letting go. It really only helps us by making more space for new things to, to come our way and for the, the absence of the old stuff to be less painful. And I'm wondering about that in my own life and in our world. So 
I've, I've talked about it all I can in this particular moment. Um, my internal process, my thoughts around what it means for all of us, um, and a sidebar about the fact that I know that there's something about the James Webb telescope um, that needs to be renamed. <laughs> and I'm going to overthink that for the next week about how I wish I had more information to share with you on that, but look it up. <laughs> but anyway, I've shared all I can, and now is the moment that we can and, in my opinion, should practice about it. So this is the moment in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we go into practice, into some consciousness practice. We'll sit uh, for a little bit of meditation. So if you're in a position where you're not able to sit, um, whether you are, you know, gardening or showering or driving, this might be a good time to pause and come back to the podcast when you are ready. If you're ready now, the first thing I will invite you to do is find your way into a comfortable seated position. Any seat is fine. As long as you can lengthen your spine, your spine being the center line of your body, It's where your energy moves, it's where your nervous system lives, so there's an opportunity for a little more connection and openness when the spine is long. But you can position your arms, your legs, your hands, however you need to, to find that long spine. You can sit on the ground on a cushion or a blanket with your legs crossed or not. You can sit with your back to a wall or on a chair on your bed. As long as you have a long spine, I think you're good. And as you find your seat, you might begin to settle in by closing your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. You might also just soften your gaze by looking down the tip of your nose or toward the floor. And you might begin to center yourself for this practice using the tool of breath awareness. There's nothing you have to do to your breath right now. Nothing you have to change. You just begin to observe the process of your breath like you would observe a bird or the sky. Not trying to change them, just witnessing that they are happening right now in front of you. And so too is your breath. So as you inhale, you just start to notice that you're breathing in, noticing how it feels, the temperature, the sound. And same as you exhale, you just make note to yourself that you are breathing out. And by bringing your awareness to your breath, you invite your mind, your body, and your focus into one place. Centering. And of course, it's not always easy for the mind to center. Even as you attempt to or aspire to bring your full focus to your breath, the mind might interrupt and that's okay. We're going to talk about some tools for working with the mind as part of this particular practice. But the first thing I'll just invite you to as in this initial centering we're doing is just to notice to observe them just like you would observe the breath because the breath comes and it goes and the thoughts can do the same thing if we don't grab onto them. 
You observe the thought as it's happening. And as a way of letting go, you redirect your focus back to your breath. And you can do that as many times as you need to. Now from here, for this week's meditation, there are so many different styles and tools for meditation, many of which we've explored in the almost 50 episodes of this podcast that we have walked through together. But we're going to use the mind and the reality of the mind as our tool in this practice as we work to put into practice the idea of letting go, this concept that we're kind of looking at in this week's pod. And the way that I think about things in the terms of my spiritual practice and just in spiritual practice in general is that because things are so interconnected, right? The word yoga, yoga is my discipline of study. It means union or wholeness and of bringing different layers into union. And so everything is connected. And I believe that means everything can be a blueprint for everything else. So just like working with letting go on an individual basis can be a blueprint for attempting to let the events of the world move through us rather than getting stuck, I believe that working on the fundamental level of the mind can be a blueprint for going bigger in our practice of letting go. If we can start with the mind, with each individual thought that comes in each moment, this moment-by-moment practice, We might be able to then expand that eventually into letting go of emotions, letting go of of memories or experiences, things that are a little bigger, a little denser. And then we might be able to expand that into letting go of, of pain and suffering as it comes up, not to ignore it, but to allow it to move through us so that we can still move through the world. And so we start here with the thoughts. And this is going to be a really kind of individual practice. I'm not going to tell you what thoughts to have. I'm going to trust that as a human with a human mind, as you're sitting here in stillness in the moment, watching your breath, settling into a meditation style practice, I'm going to trust that you are having thoughts or eventually will have thoughts. And we've, we already kind of started this a little bit in the beginning of this practice, but we'll go a little more intricate now. Whenever you have a thought, what I'll invite you to do is pause to allow it, right? Pushing things away can be as sticky as grabbing onto them. It, it creates friction um, and, and more density and more stuff in either direction. Um, so to allow the thought to come up, to look at it, to look at what it is, to say, okay, this is what I'm thinking about right now. You don't have to go too deep into trying to analyze or make meaning, but just to say, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. 
This is what my mind is telling me. And in looking at it, perhaps some acceptance of, okay, this is it. And if acceptance doesn't feel easy, the intention of acceptance. And once that's happened, you can use the tool that we've probably used many times on this podcast. Not now. We say, here's the thought. Okay, I accept that. And I'm not going to think about that right now. You allow the thought, acknowledge it, maybe accept it, and then say to it kindly, no harshness, not now. And you invite it to go so that you can return to your breath. And so eventually you do. You return to simply noticing that the inhale is occurring. Maybe feeling, again, the temperature of the air, listening to the sound, feeling the expansion of your belly, and then maybe noticing that the exhale is occurring as well. And you ride those waves for as long as you can, just observing the breath, maybe even with a a soft smile, inviting the intention of peace, if that feels doable to you. That's a practice from Vietnamese Buddhist master Thich Nhat Hanh, who called it face yoga. And then eventually another thought might arise and you allow it just as you allow the breath to move in. You take a moment to look at it, to see what's there and to offer it acceptance or just understanding, right? Understanding why you might be having that thought. And then you kindly say, not now. You invite it to go. Doesn't mean you can't pick it up back, pick it back up later if you need it. But for now, you invite it to go and you return to the waves of your breath once again. Maybe with that soft smile, you enjoy just breathing. Hearing perhaps the sounds you can hear around you feeling the surface of your body, meeting the surface of wherever you're sitting, feeling whatever, you know, emotions might be dancing within you right now. Maybe you enjoy it, maybe you just observe it, but you are where you are. And then eventually, perhaps another thought arises. You allow it to enter into the field of your mind. You say, okay, there it is. I see what that is. I understand it. Maybe I offer compassion. Maybe I offer acceptance. Maybe I think eventually I'll offer those things. And then I say with kindness, not now. I invite it to go. I return to my breath. And you do that as many times as you need to. Modeling, letting go on a moment-to-moment basis for yourself returning to the reality of of presence as many times as you can. Returning to that reality of the aliveness and transformation that is available right now beyond the illusion of, of stuckness. Breath by breath, thought by thought.
Now we're going to move into a space where we close this practice for now. You can return to it whenever you need it. Modeling letting go for yourself on this moment-to-moment basis so you have the blueprint for letting go of maybe the bigger stuff that comes. We'll close it for now with another tool for letting go. Clearing breaths, breathing with a sigh as a way of kind of powerfully pressing air out and maybe pressing out excess tension as well. It invites the parasympathetic nervous system to activate the opposite of our fight or flight, our rest and restore nervous system to let go of tension and return to center. So three cleansing breaths here. I'll invite you to take a breath in through your nose here and sigh it out. Two more. And one. And you can let your breath return to its kind of baseline state. And you can begin to return to the external space of your life, moving out of the internal slowly by beginning to blink your eyes open, maybe moving around, maybe noticing how you feel, keeping that mindful awareness even after the formal meditation ends, noticing how you feel on the other side of working with even just the idea of letting go. And it's so simple and it's so complex. This was one of those insights that I've talked about before on this podcast where, you know, in some part of my mind, I knew that of course it helps to let go, but it was only until I was moving through this particular thing where I've got some stuff from the past that I'm really getting stuck on that it became an embodied deep heart level, cellular level understanding that no man, I really, you know, no matter how hard it feels, cause it feels so hard. Um, I really only stand to benefit from letting go. Even though it feels like it would be more, you know, helpful to hold on, that even more hopeful to hold on, the hope lies in the constant transformation. Okay, before I close this podcast, I have an addendum. <laughs> um, I've taken a moment, I've paused to look up um, the the deeper story behind the name of the James Webb Telescope um, and its um, potential to be renamed or the idea that we should rename it. And while I still can't give you the name of the episode of the podcast Love It or Leave It, which is an incredible political comedy podcast or the uh, the lovely um, scientist who, who said this uh, and who I heard it first from, I can tell you a little bit more about why she said it and why I said it. Um, while encouraging you to maybe do some research of your own, um, James Webb, um, it seems was involved in some, um, homophobic persecution. Um, and that's part of his legacy and that complicates his legacy. Um, whereas Harriet Tubman, uh, used the North star to navigate her way, um, and help others navigate their way, uh, to freedom, uh, from slavery, um, which makes her one of the most impactful astronomers in our, in our history. And, um, is one of the most important uses of astronomy in history, uh, which is why some of some have suggested that the James Webb Telescope should be named uh, for her. 
instead. And I fully support that. So there we go. <laughs> I don't have to overthink that quite as much forever. Um, and, you know, always a reminder, you know, this, these beautiful images of the universe that we've now been gifted with are a reminder of the, the reality of uh, transformation, that nothing is stuck and we can always benefit from letting go. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>